Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Agnes London podcast. This week, I'm joined by Tabara, founder of La Basketry. Launched in 2017, La Basketry celebrates the craft of weaving and all the artisans who've passed the tradition down from generation to generation. This week, we're chatting about Tabara's book, running her business and slow crafting. This is the last episode of season two, so I hope you enjoy it as much as I did recording it. Hey, Tamara, thank you so much for agreeing to come on my podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Sophie. Welcome. I am so excited to hear more about you and La Basketry. Am I pronouncing that right? That was very good. Yes, it's La Basketry. La yes. Basketry. <laughs> I absolutely, I mean, I've been following you on Instagram for a while and I absolutely oh, love you. your business. It's so colourful and inspiring. And yeah, so maybe you could just start off by telling us a little bit more about yourself and La Basketry. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for the kind words. Um, so hi, everybody. My name is Tabaran Jai. I'm the founder of La Basketry. So I started La Basketry three years ago as an online shop offering homeware and accessories um, made in collaboration with a group of uh, female artisans in Senegal, where I'm originally from. The brand has since evolved into more lifestyle brand with a craft slash coffee, coffee table book, recently launched basket kits, um, weaving workshops, um, and loads of other fun projects coming up. But it's really a brand celebrating everything woven. It's um, fun, I'd say accessible and colourful, as you said. Yes, it is very, (laughs) very colourful. So what inspired you to work with those makers and kind of introduce, you know, to work with those traditional processes? And yeah, why, why weaving and why baskets? Yes. So as I said, originally I'm from Senegal um, in West Africa, for people who don't know. Um, I was actually born and raised in Paris, in France, but basically throughout my entire life, I used to spend summers um, summers in Senegal. And um, the region where my family is based is really well known for basket weaving and basket. So it's basically a craft I've been surrounded with my entire life, going to markets, always, you know, seeing those beautiful displays of baskets, you know, at the end of the summer, you just bring them back and give them to your friends. And um, so it's always been something that's been part of my life. And fast forward to my late 20s, I was working as an event manager in London. Um, I loved my job, but it was um, it was a lot of pressure. I was traveling a lot. Um, I was organizing festivals. It was really full on. And I, I like to think of it as almost a midlife crisis. I was reaching 30 and I was just like, what am I doing? Is this really what I want to do? Is this really the type of life I want to lead um, in the future? And at that time, my sister and I were going to Senegal on a on a little winter holiday. And instead of buying baskets at a local market, um, we actually went to a village, to the village where they were made. And that was 
life-changing for us because basically we never got to see the behind the scenes before mm. and we arrived in that village and it was a group of women who were so welcoming all working together in um, a courtyard kids running around it was really beautiful and, and obviously like the the products they had there were completely different to what they were selling at the markets and mm -hmm. we were just completely blown away by this and it was a very touching and humbling moment for us after that I went back to London I went back to my event manager live and this was still stuck in at the back of my head and at that time I was starting to see baskets in shops in magazines you know popping up the whole trend mm -hmm. um, and I was a little bit frustrated because I knew a lot of those were made in Senegal um, because it's a very particular type of weaving but there was no emphasis on where they were made and, um, you know, the fact that it's a craft passed down from generation to generation by women in rural villages, etc. So, yeah, that's kind of what inspired my sister and I to do it. We were just like, should we do something? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> and we did it. So that's kind of that's kind of how it all started. We went back. There was a lot of back and forth conversation we were not designers at the time but I think from my I'm quite a creative person mm -hmm. I had a very clear idea of the aesthetic and the type of products I wanted to create and it started like that we started with a small collection of six balls for you know fruit balls bread balls and the collection grew after that as I spent more time in Senegal, I started to learn how to weave mm. because um, to me, it was really important to understand the product and what was feasible. So I was on the ground and playing around and got back to London, did some courses, did some courses in Paris on basket weaving. And that kind of started a completely different journey for me because I really embraced that crafting aspect into my life mm. so yeah that was a long answer <laughs> <laughs> no that was a great answer um that's definitely something I talk about a lot on the podcast and I've spoken about a lot to other people from different industries is that um you know we see stuff in shops over here and we have such little connection to where it came from you know it's just like a trend that'll last a summer or something like that and we have so little connection to the maker and the, you know, the traditions that have been passed down for years and years to make these. Um, I'm curious to know what the like initial reaction was kind of three years ago to these pieces, because presumably with them being in stores, whether people were more interested to support you as you can share more of the personal connection and the story behind them. Mm -hmm. I think what was really interesting for me um, when I launched was, I mean, my, my background was in marketing, events and marketing. So mm -hmm. I knew we had a great story. Yeah. I knew that the fact that at the time my sister and I, um, you know, were from Senegal, we're reconnecting to our roots. Mm -hmm. I knew that there was a hook there and I, I really embraced that, that um, what's the word? I really embraced that aspect and uh, I made that a key part of what 
like basketry was and like basketry is because there are a lot of other shops selling products from Senegal but as I was saying you know they're not really sharing a story yeah. and so that was really important to us so we always incorporated that you know in our promotional materials we created beautiful imagery you know back in Senegal videos um, um, the actual order that you would receive you know and and I think that that's how people really connected to our products and what we were you know trying to do. How did the workshops the weaving workshops you took in Paris and London compare to you learning weaving out in Senegal? Oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it wasn't really workshops in Senegal, you know, it yeah. was just, it, it wasn't as structure. But to me, it was just really important to understand the product and the whole process. Mm. And I didn't expect that I would fall in love with it that much. My life was very hectic at the time and it was really nice to craft again and slow down mm. I was getting inquiries on you know can you do this can you do that type of product and I was just like well actually I don't know yeah and I'd like to be able to say well realistically yes we'd be able to do this or yeah just have a better understanding of everything so um obviously the materials I use in Senegal are very different to the materials we use here and again for me that was really fun because I was just like Basket weaving is so wide that I would love to work with grasses in Senegal. But actually here in the UK would work, you know, people work a lot with willow mm. and um, collared, like loads of other different, you know, twines and, 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 and all of that. So I'm not an expert in basket weaving. I think to me, it's always been more about doing fun and yeah. accessible projects. I think if someone wants to, um, you know, really nail it. There's some great courses that you can find online. But, but there's also a lot of preconception around basket weaving yeah. that it's very complex and it's it's big. It's going to take a lot of time. And I was really like, well, actually, it it is. Mm. But there are also a lot of other materials you can use to make fun projects and um you know, things that you can do in a couple of hours and um, things that are just going to bring you a little bit of joy in your home because you've made it. Yeah, that's something I really try and encourage as well is just having a go at making something yourself because it may not be perfect or, you know, professionally finished, but it has character. You have a connection to it if you've made 100%. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people have been, I mean, we've definitely seen a rise in crafts and people, you know, doing things like DIY projects over the last four months or so. People having a bit more time on their hands and I guess also wanting something that maybe take their mind off what's going on in the world around us. So is this where your DIY, I know you sell DIY kits as well. Is this where they came about? Yes, yes. It's it's actually something that's been on my mind for six plus months. Um, I wanted to launch something last Christmas and then I ran out of time and lockdown just felt like the perfect time. So I, I started working on them in mid-March and then I really struggled to get some of my supplies, some of the materials. Mm. So it took a little bit longer than expected, but actually it was really good for me because 
I didn't want anything to feel rushed. Yeah, sure. And I really wanted to get the products right as well. So, yeah, so we launched them end of June. So a month ago now, starting with two kits, one to make um, a little colourful um, basket with um, twine and rope um, that's doing really well. You can achieve the whole project in two to two and a half hours, I would say. Mm. And then the second project is um, done with a sewing machine. And it's a bit of a modern version of a basket weaving technique called coiling. So you use the zigzag stitch to create um, a basket bag. So yeah, so no, they've been really well received and I'm working on some new projects and yeah, just want to continue to inspire people to, to craft, to trial basket weaving so obviously you said you were working in marketing in London which is a very full-on an event which is a very full-on like job in a very busy city so Mm. what kind of impact on your lifestyle and your well-being has it had running obviously running a business yourself is no is no walk in the park at times you know it's not always that chills but what impact has running a business that's kind of founded in crafting and slow processes had on your lifestyle and your well-being? God, it's been life-changing. Mm. I think that I've I've just slowed down on everything. I I remember at the beginning of lockdown, a lot of people were actually freaking out about, you know, being at home and, you know, not having a social life or being able to go out. And I was totally fine with it because... Uh, my life has naturally really slowed down since running my business and especially a business embracing crafting and, you know, focusing on a project and um, being more mindful. So, so it's been really good. And it's it's been really nice to just reconnect with my hands and do things and practice. And as you were saying, it's not always, always about the end result. It's about the process. Mm. And I think when you really embrace that, you just learn to love what you do a lot more. And I always say practice makes perfect, but it it really does. And, you know, you just... You just engage again with all these these different skills and um and yeah it's 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 really it's really powerful. I think often when you're doing a creative project as well, there's no such thing as like perfection or finished, is there? You can always keep going and you can always keep improving. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mentioned earlier that I wrote a book um called Baskets that came out a year a year or so ago. And I remember when I worked on the book, I completely closed off from the word from the outside world yeah. I was at home and I was basically crafting all the time and it was really tough because obviously I had deadlines and I needed to um, do a specific amount of project for the book but looking back at it, it it was just the best because I was just so immersed into my craft Mm. yeah it's just priceless and it's funny now because I also look back at the book and I'm just like gosh these projects are not perfect <laughs> but I love the book the way it is and yeah it's it, I don't know I find that a craft project is never never going to be perfect you, mm. when you look closely you're always like oh I could see that I could have done that stitch yeah. a little bit better or this or that and where did the idea for the book come from well I was actually approached oh, to write cool. 
Yeah, I was actually approached by my uh, my publisher to write the book. And I think, again, so that conversation started, yeah, almost three years ago now. Um, it was quite early on. It was quite early on after I started the business. And, and, and I think that they could sense that whole trend on weaving and basket basket weaving in particular so that's kind of how it started and I think to me um to be completely honest at the time I was really seeing that as a great marketing tool for a basketry but then I really the moment you have to start writing a book proposal and really you know you really sit down and you're just like actually what do I want to do out of that book everything kind of shifted and I was just like oh wow I have so many ideas and there's so many things I, I, I would want to do and um, there's always different materials that people can use and that are accessible um, and I'd love to show them that you know you can you can use those to make baskets but at the same time um, you know cute home decor tips like how to make a basket wall or, or you know that that kind of stuff so um yeah once I once I I'd done that book proposal I was just like I'm all in I really want to do that book um and uh, luckily it happened and you know it's been out and it's doing great and I'm I'm really happy uh, I'm really happy about about it do you think you'd write a second one it's funny, I, I was actually thinking about that at the weekend. I'd love to. I think I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to write a second book. I would want it to be different. Mm. I probably need a little bit more time to really think about it. I'd love to do something with reusing materials. Mm. I've started playing around with like using all clothes to make baskets and stuff. But yeah, something around being a bit more sustainable and ethical rather than always having to buy materials yeah yeah making baskets with what you have at home or something like that yeah I think that's a nice it's a nice spin on it using what you've already got rather yes yeah here we are we've just done it I we just have to pitch it now (laughs) (laughs) I think I've seen people using things like recycled plastics and stuff like that I mean obviously everyone uses recycled plastic in everything at the moment yeah yeah recycled plastics or yeah yeah. I've done stuff with newspapers I'm not 100% happy with it Mm. but it's in bit of work but yeah you can use newspaper you can use all clothes like jeans denim is actually perfect to use as a core for a basket yeah food for thoughts definitely we have an idea please don't steal it (laughs) I think there's always a fine line between stuff that's upcycled between what looks upcycled and what looks good as well isn't there yeah for sure yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. You don't want it to look like you just you just tear, tear up your jeans. You want it to look like you want it to look cool. Yeah, there yes. is definitely a fine line there. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Do you find that the I know you run workshops as well. I'm guessing you're in a very similar situation to me in that they have they are on hold for the foreseeable future. But do you find that through the DIY kits and the workshops, you can help reconnect people with those processes and, you know, help them understand a little bit more about the maker? Yeah, no, yeah, I think that was one of the main reasons I, you know, I started, um, I started the DIY kits for sure. I think um, 
it's it's been really great to see um, how people have embraced uh, crafting and DIY over the past four four to five months now, and it's really exciting because I think it's 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 just amazing to see people reconnecting with their hands and you know keeping your mind and your senses fully occupied and. It has so, so many benefits. So I'm really excited to see if, you know, how things are going to evolve in the future. I'm a very hands-on person. I was very nervous about, you know, the, the online workshop format. I don't know, have, have you done some? I did some uh, quite early on, like March, April time. I haven't done some for a few months mm. yet. I personally, I prefer, in per- like in person is what I prefer. I'm, I'm the same. And I was, I'm probably that annoying teacher who's just to your right and just kind of like <laughs> looking at what you're doing and you know will probably move your hands and be like no if you just go like that it'll be a you know you'll find it easier so yeah. I was I was really nervous um about doing stuff online but at the same time we have to embrace it because we don't really know when we're going to be able to so again it's it's a different it's a different skill set for us as teachers to find um, a way to be as engaging and online rather than when you're in the same room as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Also, if you're doing stuff online, you can reach so many more people. I did yeah. like an online marketplace and had someone messaging me afterwards saying she was from Berlin and, you know, normally this event would have taken place in London and she wouldn't have been able to come. But because it was online, she was able to access it and able to like come to all the talks and things like that. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's so. really good. But yeah, it's definitely been a learning curve for small businesses the last few months. and For sure, for sure. But I think everybody goes at his own pace. I remember at the beginning of lockdown, I was looking online and I was seeing some people who were just like, you know, had the ideas, who were up and running, who had launch kits, who were doing online workshops. And I was just like, whoa, I need to process everything that's happening yeah. because I'm... I'm just not ready for this and want to get to a stage where things are up and running again but also as a human being it was quite a lot to process so I really took my time and I think you know maybe the fact that I didn't launch the kits right at the beginning was a good thing because it really allowed me to you know look after myself you know well-being and and is is super important in my life and it was really good to have that time to myself and really think about running a small business and what I want to do in the future in which direction I want to go I think it's also very good to remind us that we can't plan that far ahead Mm. you know you have to think on your feet a bit more and obviously as small businesses we can do that because we can tend to be a little bit more um, flexible and adaptable than larger businesses yeah for sure yeah I'm curious to know how you think we can, so as the world returns to normal, and I'm saying normal in like quotations because who knows (laughs) what normal is anymore. I'm curious to know how you think we can take some of those lessons from the past few months forward with us, you know, those working with our hands more, doing more crafting, you know, carving out just like two hours of our day to make a basket or something like that, how we can take those things forward with us into our new normal god that's a good question how can we do that i mean i'd like to think that Mm. (laughs) but that people it's a habit you know i think that 
you start doing something and you start loving it more and you just go back to it more and more. Um, so I think it needs to feel very organic and natural, really. Um, I do think that people appreciate having more time and I've slowed down a little bit, but then you just look at the news and you're just like, oh, I, I don't know <laughs> if that really worked, <laughs> if that really worked for everybody. So um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, it is a really tricky one. I know we walked past, um, we went out to like a town centre yesterday and we walked past a TK Maxx and there was a queue outside it and there was a sign on the door saying 85 people, like, you know, capacity. And I was like, there's 85 people already in there and there's a wow. queue. Like, who are these people and why do they need to go to TK Maxx so badly? I know, I know. So your whole ethos is weaving the world to a better place. And this is a podcast on sustainability and well-being. So I am curious to know your opinion on how we can make our homewares and our kind of home surroundings a bit more sustainable. So, well, I think it's a very easy question. It's, um, you know, look where you spend money. Uh, I think, you know, there's no, there's no other way, you know, there's no other way to do it. I'm in my mid-30s now, um, and I think I'm just so much more cautious of where I spend my money and the items that I, I, I have at home. It's a tricky one because I know that, you know, everybody loves a bargain. We love to save money. Um, and as you just mentioned, TK Maxx, you know, um, yes, TK Maxx, is, you know, they have baskets for 10 quid and then yeah. you go on the basketry website um, and you might have a similar size basket for 40 pounds so it's a tricky one but we all have to make those changes at our own pace we we all have to make you know it's a step-by-step -step situation but it's 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 so important to do it I mean we, we see it every day and we, we have to make those changes for mm. the future for the future of the planet really yeah, completely, completely. Yeah. And I guess when you were starting La Basketry, you were seeing it as a trend in stores. You know, you spoke about like statement walls with baskets on and things like that. And that is very much on trend at the moment. But the pieces that you're selling are not kind of trend driven. They are, you know, they have a rich tradition and a rich history. And it's kind of like that buying a piece because you love it and you love the story behind it rather than you've just seen it on Pinterest. So mm. you want your room to look like that for six months. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean I love Pinterest. I, <laughs> I use Pinterest a lot as well. Yeah. Um but yeah you you've totally nailed it. It's 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 that really. It's it's making um you know make a purchase that's going to last longer and um i mean there's nothing more beautiful than a product that has a story and um knowing that laundry basket has traveled from you know a specific place and it's been made by a specific person and you know it's 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 beautiful it's it's really uh you know it's priceless mm, yeah completely yeah. completely so I think you may have probably already answered this um in while we've been chatting but I wanted to know what your favorite part of running La Basketry is 
it's definitely the creative side mm -hmm. I'm I'm a creative person I'm I'm one of those people who have too many ideas <laughs> I always want to I always want to do new things I always want to launch new products I always want to do um I always want to do new things so it yeah to me it's about focusing on the right ones and sometimes I have to put ideas at the back of my mind for um you know for for a while until the time is right um but yeah I really love that I mean recently I've um and and right now I'm working on a few brand collaboration as well and that's been really fun um just to incorporate la basketry you know playfulness and colors um into you know different types of products mm. um so more on that later this year <laughs> yeah creativity is um really at the heart of of everything that i do yeah what gave you the confidence to leave your job role and did you start the business before you while you were still working or did you like leave and then yeah I did I, I was still I was still working when I started the business uh I think it was just an, an, a natural um a natural process I I mean I, I was still working um full time when I started the business and then in the industry um I was event management marketing um there's a lot of opportunity as freelancer mm -hmm. so I made the switch from a full-time role to um you know yeah becoming a, a freelancer which gave me a lot more flexibility in terms of having to go back to Senegal to um work on a new collection or you know just um uh, being able to dispatch stuff you know every day yeah. or, and, and all of that and doing events um so that was really good and I think as the business continued to grow um I started taking less and less freelance projects um and obviously lockdown um, has really shifted everything for me because I just really focused on La Basquetry and it's it's been it's been amazing to just be like I'm 100% working on my business now and you know let's see let's see what we can do mm, yeah that's that's very cool what does the future hold for la basketry i know you said about collaborations and you probably can't share more but yeah what does the future hold yeah so one of the big thing i'm working on right now um is still the kids mm -hmm. i am gonna release a few more projects um over the next few months um which i'm really excited about um i think it's still gonna be it's gonna be different materials and really to show people a wide range of materials they can use to weave baskets so I'm really excited about that I am moving into a new office um studio very soon um so I'm doing quite a lot of work around that um and I'm, I'm kind of working as if um COVID is we're going to be fine with COVID so I'm yeah. just putting a program of events and workshop together um fingers crossed we'll be able to go out with everything <laughs> but um 
so yeah so the kits the new studio i mean when when the time is right i'll be going back to senegal because um i want to work on a new collection mm -hmm. we tend to do only one collection a year and it's not a lot of um a lot of products so yeah heading back working on some new products i have a few ideas in mind yeah i think that's that taking some time off gosh <laughs> very much needed i have to say yeah because it's been a it's it's been a, a hectic four months for mm. my business it's been it's been brilliant but i'm, I'm also a firm believer that you need to take time for yourself you need, you need to recharge the batteries so i I'm looking forward to putting an out office on and yeah, having a week off in uh, next month. Mm. Yes, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. How has the, how has like Senegal been affected by um, COVID and how have your makers out there been affected by it? Yeah. So um, there was a curfew all around the country um, for a couple of months. Um, basically there was no activity um, for quite for quite a while um, local markets were shut down um, so that was really tricky because obviously a lot of make a lot of makers sell at local markets it's been challenging um, they got back to work about a month and a half ago mm -hmm. um, because every summer I release a collection of hand-woven fans and demand has been um off the roof so it's been really nice to um work on a new collection with no with some new colors um and um you know get them back to work on the basketry products yeah um on the other side life has slowly got back to normal now um they've not had a lot of cases um yeah so that's that, that's that's been good mm. yeah, yeah. That's really good. It must be good to have a project like that to return to work to do. So it's like the you know the work is there when they are. Yeah, and it, and it's, it's guaranteed. Yeah. it's guaranteed funds. Um, so uh, that's you know that's obviously um, greatly appreciated. Mm. I think one of the big challenges um, in Senegal is still has been around wearing masks. That's been tricky because obviously this is just coming into place in the uk but mask wear must have pretty much from the beginning of lockdown and it's and it's rules that's really hard to you know get people on board with yeah um for health and safety reasons um and the other thing as well is bigger families live under the same household mm -hmm. and elderly people tend to live with younger kids yeah so in the same house you will have the grandma uh, you know the mom and dad and you know the young kids so I know that that's been a challenge in some of our with some of our relatives as well yeah yeah I can imagine I guess in some respect it's nice because they're not on their own but uh, you know they're not sheltering on their own but yeah on the other hand you have people that from all different walks of life some are who are more at risk than others 100 percent yeah, yeah. Yeah, but there's not been a lot of cases. Um, so that's, yeah, so that's, that's, that's been good. Yeah. Good. That's a positive. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I ask all my guests this, how do you maintain your own well-being while running your business? 
That's a great question. I have a morning routine that I follow every day, even on Sunday. I'm a big writer, so I journal a lot. I journal every day and every night. I meditate mm -hmm. um, every morning. What else do I do? I do yoga every day. So my morning routine is basically meditating, journaling, doing yoga. It's not something that takes me two hours. Yeah. I'd say it probably takes me, takes me about 40, 45 minutes. But I know that it's something that I can maintain every day without it being too lengthy. Yeah. So that's that really. I, yeah, I think that really allows me to start my day on the right foot. I'm also... I mean, I don't really believe in working nine to five. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, just switch off. If you're not doing anything productive, there's no point in, you know, staying in front of the screen. So I'm the first one who will be like, okay, that's me done. Maybe it's two o'clock, but actually I am not achieving anything right now. I might as well go for a walk or do something else and see if I can come back to it later. Obviously that's, flexibility when you work yeah. um, for yourself. But I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the general workplace changes in the future because suddenly everybody has worked at home and people have, have had to be productive and find their own pace. So, you know, there's definitely adjustments that can be made across, you know, the whole the whole workplace and mm. it's not about you finish at six you leave at six o'clock you know you look at the clock and it's like oh it's six or one I can pack up yeah well actually if you've done if you've done all your work and and it's and it's 4 30 that is it yeah yeah I've had so many conversations around this recently about how this is going to impact businesses and whether we'll finally get rid of the idea that everyone has to be in the office nine till five Monday to Friday to be a productive yeah yeah um, yeah and like yeah. when I worked in an office you know four o'clock I'd be like oh like one hour to go now yeah. like four o'clock like has very little meaning to me you know it's just it's just another hour that's yeah. gone by um, yeah and I guess we're really lucky as well as crafters because this is just something that I always have a project on the go I mean I, I you know so there's always something I can go back to and I feel like if I'm stuck or if I'm not getting anywhere I'll be like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do a bit of weaving and just get away from it and I'll come back I'll yeah. come back to it yeah. so yeah people craft <laughs> it's the secret <laughs> it's the secret to well-being just go and craft <laughs> exactly so true oh well hopefully uh you can get people more connected to it and with your events and your business and you yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah so at the end of every podcast I ask my guests what they've seen or read recently that has left them feeling positive and uplifted I feel like this has been quite an uplifting episode but um I was just like oh, to thank end you on a high note that's really sweet so um I this is a tough one for me because I've because I've spent so much time on social media over the past four months like everybody I've really cut down on watching anything mm -hmm. I I don't really watch tv anymore um I don't really listen to podcasts anymore as much as I used to I think I've kind of I've kind of gone the other way where 
too much information as just uh, I just can't consume that much information Mm -hmm. anymore and I think being on social every day for a long a long time now has just become an habit that consuming another form of media has been really a no-no for me but I've been reading um and obviously um with everything that's happened in the past month and a half or so around you know black lives matter i you know i'm still educating myself i'm reading a lot more books by black authors which is really important because there's so many of them out there mm-hmm. i studied literature so i'm also trying to get back into reading more books um, and I went to school and university in France. So I'm, I'm trying to read in French again, which is something I kind of gone off um, for the past 10 years. Um, so I'm reading a really interesting book. Um, it's in French um, at the minute, but it's called La Condition Noire, um, which is about the story about Black Africans in France. It's... A, is it uplifting? I don't know <laughs> if it's necessarily uplifting, but to me, it's really about um, educating myself and, um, you know, understanding being Black from a lot of different, um, you know, a lot of different point of view. So, mm. you know, it's completely different to the US or the UK. Yeah, yeah, because even though London and Paris are quite close to each other, they're quite different in so many ways as well, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm. I'm a, I'm I'm a born born and raised Parisian, um, but yeah, London is a completely different a different city to 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 Paris. But they are similar, but they are very very different. And London is a much more open minded place than Paris. Mm. Um, but obviously, because I've been living in London now for 13 years I do feel a little bit disconnected from France and Paris so it's really it's really good for me to kind of like go back to that and be like actually I'm just gonna read um French 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 authors and you know kind of reconnect with with all of that yeah yeah Yeah. I can imagine so I don't really have recommendations. Have I failed you? No, no, not at all. You know what? You're, uh, the, you're the one of the few people that I've asked the uh, well-being question that have actually been like, I don't know. <laughs> you know that have that have haven't been like, I I haven't discovered the secret to balance yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the secret. Yeah, yeah I'm very it's... envious of your morning routine. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's. Um, you know, it's finding what works for you. And honestly, it's not, it's, it's not super long. Mm. And I, um, do you know, you do you do any yoga? Yeah, a, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. So I, I love yoga with Adrienne on YouTube. And she has those 10 to 15 minutes classes that are honestly amazing. Mm. And in real life, I work out a lot. I go to spin classes every day and I'm really into the whole um you know sweaty workout yeah so it's been really interesting for me to go the other way since the beginning of lockdown because it's been much more like slow down slow movements and 
being a little bit more present. Um, so that's been really good. And I think those 10 to 15 minutes classes are perfect to start your day. Um, so yeah, give it a go. Yeah, I think 10 to 15 minutes is long enough when you're not at a class in a studio. Because mm. I find yeah, that it... anything longer than half an hour, I'm like checking to see how much longer of the video I've got left to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what you mean. So yeah, there's a that's that's a good number to do something on your own and mm. be like, okay, I've worked out, I've moved my body, I've done, I've done yeah. something to get the day started. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you. Um, thank Thanks. you so much for coming on. Thank you very much for your time today. I know you're really busy, so I really, really appreciate you coming on to talk to me. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sophie. It was really fun. Where can people find you? Where can they find out a bit more about you and La Basketry? Plug away. Plug, plug. <laughs> uh, so uh, you can find out more about La Basketry at labasketry.com, uh, online shop. Um, you can shop um, homeware, kits, the book, everything, <laughs> workshops. <laughs> uh, and you can also find me on Instagram at labasketry. Um, yeah, come and say hey. Great. Thank you so much and good luck with all your future projects. Thank you so much, Sophie. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. This brings to a close season two of the Agnes London podcast. If you haven't listened to any of the other episodes, be sure to go back and check them out as I've had some really fantastic guests on this season. The podcast will be back next year with more fantastic guests. If you have any suggestions as to who you would like me to have on, then please feel free to drop me an email at hello at agneslondon.com. In the meantime, if you'd like to find out more about Agnes London, you can find me over on Instagram at Agnes London or check out my website www.agneslondon.com. Thank you so much for listening and for your support for this season.